Hello. Hello, big dog. How are you doing today? <laughs> Good morning, other dog. <laughs> oh, I got things flying all over the place. I oh, know. You're, it's, oh. it's, uh, it sounds like a big morning over there for you. <laughs> huge, huge morning. This is not interesting to our listeners, but I've finally been forced to use the new Skype. Welcome. Welcome to 2019. <laughs> How do you like yes. it here? Well, it's like having a terrible iPhone on my iMac. It's yeah. not good. This is by you know, design, Merlin. This is what people, this is what the people want. Welcome to the future, bitches. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> I know. Oh God, your faces are everywhere. No offense, you're a handsome man, but oh my goodness. Okay, anyway. Hey, hi, hi, how's it going? Happy, hey, uh, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day. You too as well. Top. Stop on the morling. <laughs> so over the weekend, I watched yes. with with my whole family. We watched uh, the Spider Verse uh, film, which my son and I had seen in the theater, but hadn't seen since. Even though, even though I pre ordered it and we got it, I think the day that it came out in in late February, we yep. had it for two or three weeks without watching it, and fi- I was finally able to corral everyone together. And my wife said, I'll, I'll watch it. My daughter mm-hmm. said, I don't think I'm going to like it. My son said, I can't wait to watch it again. So we, we all sat around and watched it and it was, uh, everybody loved it. My daughter loved it. I think more than I do, which is almost impossible. She's Whoa. watched it two or three times since she's seven. She's watched it two or three times since we've, we've already watched it. She now wakes up in the morning early to go down and watch it before oh she does gosh. anything else. Yes. <gasps> That's so huge. We watched the Theranos, uh, HBO thing this morning. We're a big Theranos family. Oh, That's, I heard about that documentary. I, I, uh, I would still go and listen to the uh, multi-part ABC podcast. I, I, that is my favorite of the things. All right. The 2020 uh, show is good, but it's basically a shortened visual version of the podcast. Mm. Um, and the HBO one is good. It's Alex Gibney who's good at this stuff, but it's pretty stylized. Oh, okay. Boy, yeah. Like Michael Jackson, a lot of drone shots. But um, <laughs> everything. If you don't have a drone shot, you don't have a show. How do you know? It's 2019. That's right. We got the new Skype and we got drone shots. Does she love Penny Parker? Yes, she loves My her. My daughter is obsessed with Penny Parker. When she's doing her hacking and eating candy from yes, the bowl. Yes, it's the best. It's the best. I love it. I think she, I, oh, you know, I movie. asked her, I actually asked her this morning who her favorite spider person was and she said it was uh i think her name is penny isn't it isn't it what did penny? i say i penelope is it penny did you say penny i think you did i'm uh, i think it's Pen- i think it's penny yeah i think that's right yeah. and then she said her and um and yeah, i and she's and, so good and, and man and, and spider so that's her favorite Sp- spider uh, uh 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 the peter porker is pretty great too Played spider by ham John yes spider ham Oh, I love that guy. Did um, you know? Did you, so I don't know glad. if you bought this on iTunes or not, or if you're watching it in some other way. But it, but the, the there are some really really good extras that come with the iTunes purchase, including a, a short story uh, cartoon that's maybe yes. three or four minutes long that shows how Spider Ham was brought into the uh, Earth. I think they said it was. Is it one six one two? I forget what the the Miles Morales number is. <laughs> But there's actually a a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig. (laughs) I know. I love it. It's so great. But there was, there is a really good, um, little clip that I noticed in the theater. Wasn't it like a little like Warner Brothers-y cartoon on there too? I feel like we watched. 
The other was, than the Spider Ham one? What is what was that? Was it Spider Ham? There yeah. was there was like an actual like extra like cartoon on yeah, that. Yeah, it's a Spider Ham one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So good. But there's a, there is a, there's so many Easter eggs, and they identify a handful of them in these bonus uh bonus features. But one of them that I noticed in the movie theater is when they actually are showing uh Fisk, no spoilers, when they're showing Fisk in the in his little um scientific experimentation control room. Um, it actually shows the different universes, universes on like a yeah. little chart and it's like a mind map or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Isn't that cool? So my wife, of course, she has no clue about comics at all. Doesn't read comics. Doesn't know anything good, about good comics. Her. Good on her. And mm-hmm. she's, she's like, so she's like, he doesn't seem like our Spider-Man in the beginning. I'm like, he's not, he's not the Spider-Man, you know? And I, she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'll tell you after. And so I got to explain, this was like a, a joyful moment. Like somebody, it's like going to a system administrator and saying, how does the Unix file system work? Like, have a seat, my friend. Let me tell you exactly. You know, it was right. like one of those moments I, I got to do that a was, little That was what we talked about this, moment. I believe, when we first saw it was like, uh, at least my observation is that it is both, it's probably in some ways the absolute nerdiest Yes. Of the MCU, uh, not MCU, but of, of the Marvel movies, it yeah. is the most nerdy from a comic standpoint. By but it's far. also- arguably the most approachable like you just go okay there's other these are spider people from other universes that's fine let's just do this yeah and repeating that it's so great um what else was i gonna say oh you know the other thing about this i if you remember i had that concern merlin's concern was that in streaming we would lose a lot of fidelity to artifacts yeah because there's just so much going on what, I was it, what was your satisfied with how it looked yes i thought so too and and of course it's being streamed down in i believe 4k right I think and so. and, yeah. and i i was i thought it looked i remember saying to them i, I said i think it might look better on our TV here than it looked when we saw in the movie theater. Wow. Yeah. I was talking to, you know, Syracuse about this. It's, it's so frustrating that, um, to me as a consumer that the Miyazaki movies are, uh, I think impossible to get legally as a streaming movie. Like you can Ah. buy the, I bought the Blu-ray studio Ghibli set and have those. So, but like we had a sleepover uh, a couple Fridays ago and they watched Ponyo, mm-hmm. um, which I think is such a fun movie, but it's, it's like artifact city. Like when you see all the little, fi- all her little sisters swimming around, it's like so <laughs> impossibly like too much water, too much movement. And like, we're streaming it over Plex and it was like, Ugh. Uh, so my Blu-ray, Blu-ray, my Blu-ray is out for delivery today. So I'm looking forward to comparing, uh, there I get to use it on my PlayStation and use my PlayStation controller as a remote, which is fun. We're adults here. Beep boop, left shoulder button to cause movie. Oh, it's so dorky. Ah, uh, it is. It yeah, really I'm so is. glad. Well, that's exciting. That's so. I, you know, this is one that I feel is so. I feel like I say this about half the Marvel movies. It's so special, and like my daughter and I loved it so improbably much that we're, we're waiting until we know mom is very well rested and doesn't <laughs> want to look at her phone. Because God love her, she works for a living. She yeah. works for a living all day long. She has a staff of people, and it's like, mm, you know, what am I going to say? Like, stop looking at cute cats and, like, fix your eyes on this movie for the entire time, you know? That's a big ass. Yeah, you wanted her to want it. I want her to want it. <laughs> That's right. And she has not wanted it for so a So she long hasn't time. seen it yet? She's very busy. No, no. We got it. 
we uh, when mom was away doing her big race, we had a big movie night and watched it. Uh, she, uh, Eleanor, and I watched it. But yeah, she'll, she'll see it. She'll see it. She'll There's a lot there. of good stuff out there right now. Yeah, there really pen, is. There really pen 15, is. Pen fifteen, highly recommended. On What's Hulu. that? Hold on, hold on. Can I get my uh, pen? Notes? Pen. It looks like penis. Pen fifteen. Pen penis. Pen, pen peninis. The um, and I I don't it's I don't want to spoil it. It's not really a spoiling because it's well well known. But it's it is a it's kind of part of this rat king of coming of age middle school things that are around things. There's things like say Big Mouth on Netflix. There's things like Eighth Grade the movie. This one is about two girls who are starting uh, middle school. They're going into seventh grade together, and they're just dealing with all of the wackadoo stuff that you're confronted with in middle school. Mm-hmm. Oh, and did I mention the two main actresses are in their early 30s? <laughs> Everyone else is a child. <laughs> and I don't want to oversell it, but the two actresses who wrote, created this series are so so freaking funny um, and gifted. I, I I would recommend at least watch the first couple episodes of Pen Fifteen. All right, I have it on my list here. Pen Fifteen. It's not on for, Hulu. It is not for kids. Hulu. But, uh, Hulu. 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 What else is good? I have other recommendations. I have one other I, recommendation I just, for a podcast. Oh, good. Yes, what I you saw you say, well, say your words. What well, you I was I was gonna say I just finished the season four of Peaky Blinders. Um, oh yeah, right. And and I started out. I don't want to go too long about this. I know you've got some more, uh, you know, um, hmm. stuff Take to cover time. today. It's your show. Well, uh, hmm. I I really didn't like it for the first few episodes, and everybody that I had talked to about it kept saying, "No, no, no, no! It gets really, really good. Stick with it. Power through mm-hmm. the first two or three episodes." And you know, it, it struck me as just plain being like, "Let's find out." how violent we can be in a show for no real mm-hmm. reason. Like just leave violence. Yeah. Kind of. And just like fighting and brutality and stuff. It, I mean, it wasn't like, like jam packed with it, but there were enough scenes that it was kind of like a little off putting because I'm mm-hmm. fine with the violence and stuff. If it's conducive to the show and to the plot of the show and tell the story of yeah. what somebody's dealing with. Yeah. And, and I didn't really see how that connected yet, but I, I stuck with it. And then very quickly I was like, okay, this is, this is a real good show. Now I get what people are. The other is complaint. Tom, is Tom Hardy in that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And he's totally crazy in it and it's great it's really tom hardy doing his best tom hardy and it's awesome oh i love him uh so so i would watch it just for and and the funny thing and this is not a spoiler tom hardy plays a a a jewish london mobster and and later on in season four i think um adrian brody (laughs) who's amazing he shows up and by the way, he's Jewish in real life and he's playing an Italian mobster. Oh, so you get you get some scenes with a um, with a Tom Hardy playing a Jewish mobster and a, and a Jew playing an Italian mobster. So that was not lost. That's on a mix me. them up. Yeah. And of course, he's English. Yes. My, Very my good. daughter apparently just discovered, even though, of course, I've told her every time Edris Elba has ever been on screen. <laughs> Heimdall. The manager on the office, uh-huh. uh, you know, the guy from Pacific Rim. Today's not going to be the apocalypse or whatever the uh-huh. line is. I'm yeah. like, every time I'm like, you know, that guy's English because this is an obsession of mine. Every time we're watching oh. Walking Dead or similar, I turn to my wife and say, is that person English? And she says, yes, they're English. It's <laughs> like, that's just not fair. But uh, Edris Elba did one of those uh, YouTube videos for, I don't know, Vanity, Vanity Fair Vox, whomever, where he explains British slang. Oh, cool. And, and he's so freaking English. It's just... I cannot, I mean, back, just back on the wire, watching the wire. Yeah. God, 
I never would have guessed that guy's English. Everyone's everyone is now 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 McNutty McNulty. You can kind of tell. <laughs> yeah, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. <laughs> every every time you guys come out, and you throw craps. Snot boogie comes out and he thinks all the money. Why why uh, why are you looking at me? Why do you let him play? It's uh, America, man. There you go. But you know, that's another thing that gets me thinking. Uh, you take the wire, you take certainly lost. You take, in my opinion, Deadwood. Mm. Uh, shows where you can go back and rewatch the first episode of Lost. And obviously, these are outliers. The wire, the wire. Some people didn't don't love the wire till you get to the uh, fifth or so episode where you really kind of get what's happening with the show. But yeah. like, I feel like the wire lost and definitely Deadwood. The first scene in Deadwood, you're like, how is this so accomplished in the first yes. episode when Seth is in the, you saw, you saw Deadwood, right? Oh yes. Many times. I'm going to be watching sheriff, it again. And you know, you better help me with my fall. And the guy, the guy comes and then, you know, um, the guy's pulling the wagon around and it's like, ugh, don't look like it wants to infect. Like there's just so, <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good it's really really good oh and uh, and speaking of tom hardy yes i am shouldering the brunt of mm. watching venom so that you don't have to oh thank you i love that you're shouldering that brunt because i ain't gonna do it um i, I heard it's fun if you like decide you're gonna get into it i started watching you know i need i need good things to watch that are exciting while i row because if it's if the show is exciting i'll row better than if it's like boring sure, like if sure. it's if it's sort of like you're not a, gonna watch bob ross Rob Ross or like a, like a, like Rob a Ross, the painting man. You're not going to watch him like play with Peapod the squirrel and paint a beautiful, happy tree. Cause you're, you're there to row. I'm there to row. And mm. so I want, I want movies like the transporter or, you know, things like that, that like are John kind of wick or something. Yeah. Something like that keeps you. Getting, so I, uh, I thought maybe this one would get exciting. And this is mm. the thing that kind of shocks me about it. Is it there's, there's a lot of just bad acting in it. There's a lot I've, of bad I've acting. His, I've heard that his, I've heard it said that his accent migrates quite a bit through the movie. Yeah. I, you can't, you just have to accept that, that he doesn't really he have comes from it. different parts of the United States as the movie. <laughs> right. Supposedly he lived in New York and now he's mm -hmm. in San Francisco. And New I think York. they established it at San Francisco by showing a three second shot of a, um, one of the, the row houses that you guys have. Oh, the, the cool, ladies. The, yeah, you know the the what are the like yeah, the, the Alamo if, Square, the yeah, beautiful, that kind like, of like full house house. Yeah, yeah, they show like a clip of that, and it, we're in San Francisco now, and then that's it. Uh, we need to retire that. That's a real Neil Breen kind of way to like establish San Francisco. Yeah, we don't not not Neil Breen. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Tommy, what's his name? The guy that did the room. <laughs> Tommy Tommy <laughs> Knockers. No, Tommy Knockowitz. They changed it at Ellis Island. <laughs> his, um, I I can highly recommend the room. The Room, um, I, my that, favorite San Francisco movie. I have, I, yes. I have one favorite, The Game Bullet. with Michael Bullet. Douglas. Oh, The Game! I had not seen The Game, and like Syracuse was like, "You really need to see The Game." You really need like, to eh. see it. And then I saw it, and I was like, "This is such a good movie." Yeah, it's really good. It's a real, it's the a kind of movie you feel like it, it really, in some ways, reminds me a lot. I guess it was a '90s movie, but it was it sort of snuck in between in the cracks between his famous Fincher's famous movies. Okay, I don't, I don't feel like it's as well known. At least it wasn't to me. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was real bought in on. Uh, Have you watched that Fincher robot life movie death thing on Netflix? 
Are, are, are you an anime? Did you just become an anime? What did you... Fincher Life Movie Death Robot Movie? Yeah, hold on. Let me look this up. You cannot fight my fireball. Fincher Life Death Robots. Um, oh. Life Death Robots. David life. Fincher Presents. I f- I'm going to say I haven't. Life Death Robots. It just came out, so you, you, you oh, would have... Oh, no, no, no. Daddy hadn't seen that. Yeah. Is it animated? <laughs> I think it there's it's mixed media. I think there's most of it's animation, oh, but I think there's some live action. Oh, it's on stuff. the Netflix. Yes. I'll add that to my queue. Yeah. Queue it up, my good man. Ma, where's your god now? Queue up that show. Get that program in my queue. Right. Line it up. Ma. Exclusive. Ma. Patricia. For the Field rest of the episode, gives- we will be talking like a bad impersonation of Edward G. Robinson. I I will robots. I am practicing my um my my sort of mid-atlantic accent but i'm not there like yet your philadelphia accent no i can i can i've i've, I've worked really hard to lose that i, can, uh, I can't i sometimes get <laughs> philadelphia and baltimore a little confused because well, they, they sound very similar to i me. can see that i can see that it's good they've got a very strange vowel sound especially philadelphia isn't there like a funny kind of like an e or like a funny diphthong in yeah, um yeah, philadelphia yeah. yeah i mean it you you it's almost a like an of, umlaut. Yeah, like, a lot ew. of uh, vowels get kind of uh, truncated or pulled out, and you know, so and words are sort of um, moved together more closely. I'm not doing a good job of explaining it, but they, they change the kerning, the kerning of the word. Yeah, so the like kerning of the words, the kerning the, of the words. I worked Welcome really, Philadelphia. really Get hard to lose my Philadelphia accent. Good for you, man. Because mm. it was it, it. I felt maybe unnecessarily self-conscious about sure. it and that I felt like yes. people were aware of it and, and it mm-hmm. drew the wrong kind of attention. I understand. I understand. Um, yeah, that happens a lot with the South where people feel like, oh, I sound like, people think I sound like a dummy if I'm mm-hmm. from Georgia. Oh, for sure. And, and so like a lot of people want to lose that, but yeah. Um, what, uh, oh, let me do my, let me do my promotion, my final promotion for Ungainly X-Men Meetup. Two days from as we record this, it's going to be on Thursday, March 21st, the Ungainly X-Men Meetup. For now and the medium term, at least the last of these we will do, uh, because our host, uh, Two Cats Comics 320 West Portal Avenue is closing in less than a week. Everything's 50% off now, which makes me sad. But uh, anyway, this is a happy occasion. Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. Come on out to Two Cats Comics 320 West Portal Avenue for the final one of these. I'd love to have a big turnout. I'd love to clean out a lot of their merch and um, say our tearful farewells to my favorite uh, local comic shop. That's all I'm going to say about that. You can, you can learn more at MerlinM.com slash meetup. You'll find a map, muni routes, and whatnot. Uh, and uh, I'm going to miss that uh, place a lot. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, let's not say anything else about it. Shouldering the brunt. Uh, and I did have a recommendation. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you know, yeah, I interrupted your recommendation. No, I'm sorry. You, you didn't interrupt anything. You've been very you've been very useful and very, very helpful, very supportive. <laughs> uh how did I discover this? Lots of people were talking about this show. You know, there's, there's been a funny, like through various other podcasts and TV shows and online writings, there's, you may have noticed in the last few months uh, what to me feels like a long overdue um, re, retelling of a lot of stories 
let's be honest, stories about terrible, like ter- terrible stories about hussy women from the 90s being retold. This famously happened on the second season of Slow Burn, where they talked about the horrible way Monica Lewinsky was treated. Uh-huh. Um, you may have heard that the, pretty much every one of these 90s hussy villain stories is either incomplete or dead wrong, including stuff like Anna Nicole Smith, including stuff like Jessica Hahn, uh, including stuff like, you know, all of these. Well, I, I found myself checking out this show, which does not have a great canonical page. So I'm going to link you to the Overcast page for a show. Yes, this is a turns out podcast to the 10th power, but it's so good. It's called You're Wrong About. Dot, dot, dot. And it's these two people, somebody from Huffington Post, somebody from BuzzFeed, and they do a really deep dive of like a Lexus Nexus. Let's learn about this thing. What are the, the first episode on Satanic Panic? Great. Uh, going Postal, Crack Babies, uh, Stockholm Syndrome, Monica Lewinsky, Jonestown Massacre. Um, I just finished listening to the episode about the utter failure from conception to execution to death of the D.A.R.E. anti-drug program and what a poop show that was. They basically go in and say, here's a story you think you understand, and we're going to show you, and I think they only, you know, pretty much pick stories where they can go, I'm going to blow your mind with how, how wrong you are about this because of the way usually this was portrayed in the media or the way this was sold to you. Right. So, I mean, like I said, there's all kinds of these that are super good shaken baby syndrome. I'm going to really super schmooper recommend an episode called stranger danger as a great first episode of this satanic panic is good too. in an all line, (laughs) Um, but stranger danger is amazing. And it's essentially about, you may recall that in the eighties and especially in the nineties, was when we saw this giant, I guess the consequence was like, you need to be super careful as a kid or about your kids because primarily point one, oh my God, you have no idea how many kids are abducted by strangers and then assaulted and usually killed by mm. random psychos. And at some point, like the stats that were coming out about this were so wrong and so off the wall by at least an order or more of magnitude. At one point, it was stipulated by officials that 4% of children were going missing because of strangers every Oh, my God. That basically, if you went to a school, 4% of your schoolmates would be, would be <laughs> gone and probably dead in a ditch. <laughs> wow. And it really spends a lot of time, of course, going back to where this really kicked off. Well, they go back to the, like the history of like, for, it goes in waves, like caring about the welfare of children has gone in waves since the 1800s. But that essentially like in the 50s and 60s, it was, there was a lot of like, well, you know, bad stuff happens to kids, but it might be their fault. And we just got to like, make sure dad doesn't do it again. But oh, there was never this like, oh, strangers are coming up in vans. That really started with the death of Adam Walsh. And, uh, which was a terrible story, but a terrible story that was not even reported correctly and totally looked over the utter police incompetence in trying to find the person who did this horrible thing to little Adam Walsh. And, uh, anyway, I, it's pretty gruesome. They're not all this gruesome, but I would start out with the, you're wrong about episode called stranger danger, because I, I, I've had that niggling that we all have of like, are things as bad as they say? And it's like, they aren't like random stuff will happen, but you know who hurts kids? People they know, especially family right, members, people right. they trust in churches and schools. That's the people who hurt them. Not because they're Satanists, but just because like this is a thing that happens. And like our abundance of caution about this has created this culture that's 
it's just not tenable. So anyway, great podcast. Not the greatest sound quality, but you'll get used to it. These two people have a great chemistry, this man and this woman. I don't know their name, Sarah and uh, other guy. So check out You're Wrong About, uh, podcast uh, Stranger Danger. It is in notes. Dan, Dan, mm-hmm, yes. it's the optimistic day. So tell people where they could find show notes for episode uh, 418 of your Back to Work program. 418. That's uh, going to be 5x5.tv slash B is in broadcasting. Two is in the number. W as in walrus slash four one eight four one eight. Thank you, motorcycle boy. Really, really get in there. Really rev it. Yeah, that's nice. At least he's I guess it won't work unless he does that. Well, I think that's the fun of a motorcycle. You don't just like you don't get a dog unless you want to annoy people. You don't get a motorcycle unless you want to. It's basically annoy people. a moped with a master's degree. It's not even <laughs> really a motorcycle. Did you just did you just coin that? A moped yes, with a I'm master's degree. Oh, that's pretty good. That's you real good. That. That's, good. <clears throat> that's good. Um, we are at, according to the new Skype, we're at minute twenty-four. Did you want to tell me about anything that you like? I would love to tell you a little something about Grammarly. Grammarly. Grammarly is a communication Gram- oh, tool. Grammarly. 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 Have you heard of it? Do you know about yes. it? Yes. Yes. They help you. They help you not be a dingling when you're writing. That's exactly it. They, uh, it is a communication tool and it helps you improve your writing so that it's mistake free, so that it's clear and effective. And, uh, this is not just for students. This is for professionals. This is for people whose, my guess is if you're not a full, t- if your full time job isn't being a writer, then you probably, and maybe even then you could still use Grammarly because- What if your full-time job is you want to be a better writer? A better writer. That is my, well, that's like, my full-time job. What if you job. want to get off the adverb train? There you go. I like that. You can give mm-hmm. them that. Are you giving them that? Get off totally. the adverb train. <laughs> they can run with that. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. This is the thing. You're going to improve your communication, whether it's at school or at work, pretty much anywhere with Grammarly. And this is, this is the way that it works. Um, it is- First of all, it, it's available on multiple browsers. That's Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Edge, and, and tons of platforms, Mac, Windows, Android, iOS, obviously. And they have a free product that reviews critical spelling and grammar. But Grammarly Premium, it does more. It looks out for your spelling and grammar, plus it does things like advanced punctuation. It looks at your structure, style within context, uh, vocabulary suggestions, um, readability for different occasions. So it understands if you're writing that the language you'd use in a business proposal is different from an academic essay, which is different from oh, a casual blog post. Nice. Like it, it understands context, understands all of that kind of thing. And it, even at the basic sense, you're going to stop making typos. Okay. But on a, on a, a, a more grand sense, you're going to become a better writer because of the way the Grammarly works. It, it really, it's not just one of these things that, that, uh, you know, puts a little squiggle under a word that it doesn't understand. Like this is much, much more advanced than that. And it really, really does make a difference. And it's amazing for people like me. I have a lot of writing experience historically, but I don't do a lot of writing anymore. And I find like, it's a skill that you can get, really get rusty in. So even Absolutely. if you were like, you can get rusty on so many levels. I mean, yeah. you can get rusty on the level of like, I, I'm not worth typing about my brain is not worth being typed but then you can also just get rusty on the level of like how do i turn this into the words and how do i make the words reflect the thing that makes this what i want to say and then how do i make those words sing and how do i avoid the dumb things and it's not just the words it's the whole it's that whole infrastructure that whole like 
scaffolding and it's it is a skill and you you could use a little help with that not you but one our listener me that's right yeah so um go and uh, check this out it's grammarly is spelled g-r-a-m-m-a-r-l-y grammarly.com slash back to work you go there you'll get 20 percent off your grammarly premium account today and that is that's the one that you want i mean that's the one you really need. That's the one that's mm-hmm. really going to make a huge difference in your eye and in, in, in just everything about your writing. Grammarly.com slash back to work. 20% off your premium account today. Go check them out. And thanks very much, Grammarly, for making this show possible. Merlin Mann, Back to Work 2019. Thanks, Grammarly. Buck, buck. <laughs> While I was doing that spot, I remembered something that I wanted to tell you, and then I forgot mm. it all during the course of doing that spot. Oh, that's okay. what it was. You know, the bananas, the bananas we've been, uh, the, the, the stress toy, banana toy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Squeezy banana. Yeah. yeah. M- my daughter came home yesterday with a hello kitty ice cream cone. That is one of what they call it. They call <laughs> they call it the slow rise. And this oh, is, I, I am aware of this phenomenon. Yes, I am there's all kinds of terminology. Like that's a squishy. That's not a squishy. Don't call it that. That's actually this. And the slow rise ones are. That's like the premium. One. That is the premium. And and so real, real gentle. Like my my wife. Rise. My wife said to me, she's like, look at her. You know, new ice cream cone. I'm like, yeah, that's the slow rise kind. That's the good kind. And mm-hmm. and she's like, how much do you think that should have cost? And I said, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. She's like, it was eight dollars. Mm. I said eight dollars would have bought you like ten bananas. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, it's a costly squeezy. Yeah, but it was very. Yeah, yeah, but I'm know, looking you're not at extracting them. the same value as you would with a nice banana. But the slow, no, you pay with, you, with ball. You could also get banana set with ball. <laughs> yes, That's with, what I got. Let me let me search my history and I'll find the one that I got. What I was going to um, say is though that the slow rise yeah. ones are much more expensive. Uh, yes, I think the technology for that is very. Oh, there are so many options for this. The one that I got was J A R U Super Stretchy Banana Pack of Four and One Bouncy Ball Bundle Stretches Long and Shrinks Slow Smells Good Three Three Four O Four P by Ja Ru, which is not the Fire Festival guy, as far as I know. Oh, not the rapper Ja Ru Ja Ru Super Stretchy Banana Pack of Four and One Bouncy Ball Bundle Stretches Long and Shrinks Slow. <laughs> Tell me about it. Smells Good Thirty Three Forty Four P. I don't think I mentioned There's this. There's so many options, Dan. I, I did a I did surgery on the my banana. My daughter has really been wanting to dig. I in. did she it. She has wanted to scrub I did up it. and really get in that banana. I did it. I because the first is it sand one, is it like a special sand? Well, the first one that I had, I really put through the ringer. I mean, I took this thing to its limits. How how far hmm. can you stretch it? What if two? What if three people stretch it? You know, like I really and I bet it's not rated for that. It's probably not, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it got to the point where it had become so stretched out, just like the human body. It had become so stretched out that it never really ever went back. And it was, it was not, it would no, it had lost all of its, uh, color. The, 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 the ends on the banana had worn. And so I said, okay, today's the day. And I, I incised and it, like an exacto knife. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it has just full of sand. And I thought, is it wet? Is mm. the sand moist mm. or not? And it's not. It's just sand. It's just it's plain. It's memory sand? Nope. Because it doesn't, it doesn't spring back into the original banana infrastructural position unless you, unless you encourage it. Right. No. It's, so you just get sand. You got a banana full of sand. It's just sand. It's like the same kind of sand you'd find in a, in a sandbox. But I suspect it's from China. Is um, it food grade? Da- didn't strike me as food grade. 
Okay. Well, let me let me just read you real quickly some of the bullets off the page for Jaru Super Stretchy Banana Pack of Four and One Bouncy Ball Bundle Stretches Long and Shrinks So Smells Good. Pack of Four Banana Super Stretchy and One Bouncy Collectible Ball. You can stretch and use in many ways. Exclamation point period. Realistic looking stretchy banana. Simply pat to restore original form. One collectible small bouncy ball by Jaru and two good shops. Stress relief, add ADHD, calm and relaxing. Fun toys to relieve stress. And smells so good like bubble gum. Jaru quality. And safety standards, party favor, planner, resale store, thank you bag prizes. <laughs> you, they'll, they'll be they needed Grammarly. I, I would go with new, not used. Yeah. You don't want to use banana. <laughs> you just pat it. Just pat it. Just pat Simply it. pat to restore original form. Pat, pat, pat. Um, we should do that with one of the one of ours. She has put a hurting on these bananas. Yeah. She's made this banana really show its stuff like stretch armstrong style like really yes that's what i'm saying but she's got to cut into it now eventually you think stretch armstrong was sort of the like the er stretchy yeah like is do you think that's because i remember so as you know when i was a child my privilege on my sleeve i uh the confluence of two things because it's always two things with me i grew up in cincinnati ohio which was the home of uh i believe kenner toys and so the smart kids would be taken out of class because I was a smart kid. I'm not smart anymore, but I was then. And we got to test toys and people would watch us and write on clipboards. And we even got to take home a Stretch Armstrong for a week uh, before it was ever anywhere near the market. Really? And what I noticed was, you know, if he did break, if he did uh, in size, mm. there was like a goopy gel. Right. I think he was sand. I think he was a goopy gel. He was so a goopy gel. So much so that if memory serves, he came with two accessories. One was a long plastic mat to see how far you'd stretch the man. And the other was a Band-Aid that purported to repair the wound if you put the Band-Aid on it. That's a Kenner right. Band-Aid. That's right. Do you remember a Kenner Band-Aid coming with Stretch Armstrong? Yes. Or Stretch I, Monster? I, I do. I had both. My favorite was Stretch Monster. And mm-hmm. I lived in a similar kind of a scenario to you in that mm-hmm. it was cold in Philadelphia. and Or Philadelphia, as we used to say. Philadelphia. And it's... <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it got all the letters. I stretched it outside in the winter time and it oh, cracked no. oh you cracked the man and it no i cracked the monster you cracked oh the man and the monster mm-hmm. this man this monster i get it oh no poor monster <laughs> and it and it so it had uh it the inside looked like a corn i think it was like corn syrup um mm-hmm. or something like that that yeah, um, yeah but it was like yeah like like thick uh like gelatinous you yeah might say yeah yeah Oof. that's heartbreaking because those were costly they were Sometimes they costly. would tell us what it was going to cost. I got to test out stuff like... What other toys yeah. did you get? This is crazy cool. I didn't uh, know this amazing. about you. SSTs. Do you remember the things where you pull the strip? Zzz, and then it flies across the floor. Yeah, sure. Like winding up the wheels. I got to test those. Um, what Lucky. Things? Yeah, it was usually like... I mean, it wouldn't be something like like a, a like a basic redesign of uh, of an existing toy. It was more like stuff that was like pretty new to the space. So that was cool i'm sending you an image and mm-hmm. hold on here let me get that to you of one of the slow rise toys that i found oh nice oh look at that this <gasps> is oh he's adorable it says so right it says so right there this is the um try make shop jumbo cute cartoon cartoon dinosaur t-rex kawaii cream scented squishies very slow rising kids toys doll gift fun collection yes. stress relief toy hop props decorative props large this one is not by Ja Rule. This no. one is by Tremaki Shop. And they yeah. say multifunction soft toy stress relief toy home decoration. Super soft slow rising mini squishy with cute design. Comfortable touch. 
realistic look, sweet smelling, and super kawaii, a term I learned from my daughter. Yes. Not only kids love to squeeze it for not only kids love to squeeze it for fun, but also adults love to use it as a decompression toy. Hmm. It's a great gift for kids for any occasion, such as birthday parties. Christmas classroom events. He's cute. He looks like uh, he looks almost like uh, like a poker person, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Who am I thinking of? What's his name? Yoshi. Jim yeah, Bob? yeah, Yoshi. Yeah, Yoshi. Hi. Huh. Not eligible for Amazon Prime. He's so. Now, did you get this for yourself? No, because it wasn't eligible for Amazon Prime. Uh, and you don't want to stretch him like Stretch Monster. You've already been down that route. You've you've already you've already shouldered that, Brian. The one that I got is mm. this one. Slow rise. Which was expensive, but I felt why not splurge on myself. Whoa, it looks kind of like Finn. Yeah, that's why I got it. Oh, and he's he's like a ram inside a cloud? <laughs> I think so. You got Ikame Easter 6.5 inch slow rising squishy slice jumbo sauce. So- oh no, I need to do this one over. <clears throat> Ikeme Easter 6.5 inch slow rising squishy slice jumbo soft rainbow sheep cream scented squeeze hand wrist gifts parentheses. <laughs> it's a parentheses sheep that gets it. sheep. <laughs> Cheap copies will have toxic. Please notice. Hmm. And uh, so, uh, it hasn't arrived yet. Rehabilitation exercise, vent emotions. <laughs> vent. As a toy gift, birthday gifts, display samples, collections, interior decorations, preschool props, teaching aids, perfect for kid, teens, and adults. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed. 30-day money-back guarantee. Hmm. Our customer service are ready to reply, with, reply within hours. You can, purchase, you can purchase out squishies without any worry. Yeah. How can you say uh, no to it? Sheep. Look at it. It comes in a little box. It's huge. I, I think this is, I think it's a little upsetting. Yeah. It might be our show art. Uh, yeah. It's a little upsetting. It looks like Finn the human as a cloud ram person. Uh-huh. Which, it, which image do you think would be the show art? I think the uh, image one. Oh, I don't know. Then you get the, uh, the Sims kind of angle here. Mm-hmm. Oh, the back is no, not no. that one. Oh, the squishing one is. Oh, it's huge. Yes. It's the size of a playground ball. That's what I'm saying. It's very big. Oh, my goodness. It is uh, eligible for Prime. Free delivery Thursday if you order within four minutes, 44, four, four hours, 44 minutes. Mm-hmm. Four. Get it tomorrow if you order within 15 minutes and choose paid shipping. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I could, I could have this. I could be doing it. I could put my finger into the Ram Boy. <laughs> His rise is very slow by design. Smells good ADD. <laughs> Mm, super kawaii super kawaii it is not edible please do not put it in the mouth not suitable for children under six years of age we do not recommend that you wash them with water because that would make them bulky unless you dry them does it say that on the page yes under under material material so environment protection materials non-toxic bpa free comfortable touch i'll put this in the show notes but if you want to get one order because i have a feeling these will sell out fast oh these are going to go fast for sure yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right, that's a good squishy. Mm. Oh, there's the box. Okay, okay, closing that tab. <laughs> do, do, do. Closing up uh, Yoshi. This man, this monster. It's a good issue. Um. Okay, closing that. I have a lot of tabs open. Closing that, closing up Stranger Danger. Whew, we accumulate a lot of information here. Oh, yeah. Um. I think that's... What else did I have for the things? The adverb train... You're wrong about podcasts. Oh, we do have a we have a nice letter from uh, from listener Sophie that might take a little bit of unpacking. Okay, uh, that I'd love to get to from listener the Sophie. Is there a chance you'd want to tell me about uh, uh, one more thing you like? Yeah, I would like to tell you just about Squarespace. Have you heard Squarespace. of Squarespace? Have you heard of that one? I feel uh, 
Yeah, I feel like it's a thing I've heard about. That's that little, that's that little startup. That's right. There's a little startup out of New York City um, yeah. called Squarespace. And this is, this is what Squarespace lets you do. It lets you turn your cool idea into a new website. They're all about making it as easy as possible to make a website so that you can focus mm -hmm. on the things that you, you do well. So maybe you're a, a software developer. Maybe you're a photographer. You know, maybe mm -hmm. you're a musician. It doesn't matter. As long as you're doing something that needs a website, you will, you will be able to make very, very good use of Squarespace. And it has all the stuff that you would expect. Of course, it has things like a built-in blog, but it also has some really cool things like, like built-in e-commerce, right? <clears throat> so you can me, sell but, stuff. If you got stuff, you can sell it. Yes, but it's not just, oh, click here and sell it. They have the whole shipping thing built in. They've got uh, shipping calculations for, for how calculate much it will the cost. Dim? Everything. Will they Every calculate the tear? I say yes. Do the tear and the dim, they do it all, and they say if it's this size, it costs this much in money. That's right. How do they do that? I that don't know how they do math. I was thinking because I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and he was telling me how, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago, he made his living off of kind of making, you know, five to 10 page basic websites where he would go in and he'd meet with a client and they'd say, you know, we want this kind of site. And he'd say, okay. And he'd go home and he would design it and it would take him about a, a week or two. Mm -hmm. And he would design this like five page website and then he'd be able to present it and the customer. And, and I said, well, how much do you charge for that? And he said, I charged, you know, 1500 bucks for a five that page. That was exactly what I would charge. Yeah. $1,500 is what I would ask for a small website. Right. And this is how he made his living. And he's like, if yes, I, if they I needed us, we were, we were critical. Only we knew where to put the JavaScript link. That's, that's right. And he could probably. <laughs> we knew what to do to make Internet Explorer play nice. Ah, oh, don't remind me. You comment, the, comment this area in the code and you put that in up in the header on ugh, every page. Ugh. <laughs> also, anybody? Invisible GIF? Show of hands? Yeah. But then you had Squarespace and it pretty much put him and other people out of business, but it, it's better. And people, the one thing that I have, the, when people ask me a question about Squarespace, they're like, can I really make it look different? Is it just going to look like everyone else's site? I just want to tell you, they have mm -hmm. so many amazing templates to choose from. And of those templates, you, you can still get in there and customize them so much so that two people starting with the exact same template, you're going to wind up with a, still a completely different website and Squarespace just they make it easy and they make it possible for you to do this on your own without help without having to pay 1500 bucks uh yes. and it's it's just genius so if you're ready to start a new business if you're if you just have an idea if you want to get the stuff that you do out there in a way that's that's beautiful and consistent and uh and accessible Squarespace is a place to go it's squarespace.com slash it's your show just visiting that supports us and lets them know you're listening. But when you're ready to to launch after your free trial, use the offer code. It's your show, one word, mm -hmm. and you'll yep. save ten percent on your first uh, purchase of a website. And they also do domains. You can use it to register a domain. Same code, Squarespace.com/slash. It's your show. Promo code. It's your show. And we appreciate their support. Thanks, Squarespace. Merlin Man. Squarespace. Buck buck. Uh, there is a tell. Now I'm not going I'm not going to slag their competition cuz that's not the kind of show that this is. But here is here's the thing. Time was when you put up a website you go, mm, that looks like a MySpace or that looks like a page mill or that looks like a um what was the Microsoft one? You know what I mean where you go like, "Oh, that looks like this. This looks like a Geocities site." And then, you know, the thing is, you know, the only time I can tell it's Squarespace when I say to myself, there's no way this person had the skills to make that, make this look so good so fast. 
And that's when I know it's a Squarespace site is yeah. when it looks way better than they should be capable. And I mean that as a huge compliment. It's, it's amazing. If you start noticing, you can, you start noticing, you go, wow, this looks really good. Like for this startup. And there's like companies that are using this to make their website. They're not out there burning cycles on JavaScript and react. Like they're out there doing their stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You understand? Yep. You got to get the focus, Dan, the focus. <sighs> Easter 6.5 inch slow rising. Mm-hmm. Are you going to get one of these, you think, for the office? No, 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 no. <clears throat> we don't have room for anything. Yeah. We need to purge hard. Mm. We're having the cardboard problem again. Uh-oh. Time for some power couch. puttering. We bought an online couch, and now we have so many boxes. Are they a sponsor? Uh, yeah. It turns out they, they are a sponsor of another program, and we spent so long. We spent years, Dan. You, have you ever tried to buy a couch? You ever, like, think about, like, we need to buy a couch? And we yeah. spent years. Yep. Years. Years. And we finally bought a couch, but it did come in cardboard boxes. And now we need to like deal with the boxes. Mm. They're sound, they sound big. Mm. Well, it's, it's a couch, you know, it's for people's butts and whatnot. Yeah. Got a, uh, got a nice toot from a listener named, I'm assuming, I'm assuming the listener's name is Sophie because she is the Sophie on Twitter, which is a cool username. Um, this is from a little bit while back. She said, um, regarding back to work, episode 416. Uh, you talking about the work you do around the house to make things nice for the people around you, managing the house, having responsibilities each, please teach me. I lived alone for ages and now I have a beautiful man in my life and we need to learn. And I thought that was a good question. We had a few exchanges. I gave her a couple, uh, a couple of my hot tips, which I'll probably come back to here. And in later follow up after a couple of exchanges, she said, uh, she's clarifying we're, we're good at caring for each other. But it's the household maintenance that gets us. We both have have, have or had depression and stuff, join the club, uh, and stuff builds up. How to share it out and make it routine, not build up, Marie Kondo, build up, Marie Kondo, et cetera. You know, that cycle of like that I go through of like get stuff, throw it away, get stuff, throw it yep. away. We'd really love a calmer <laughs> space. Thank you so much. Now, what do you, what do you think about listener to the Sophie? Can we help her with this? I, I think we've got to help her. I think we have to do it. Yeah, I mean... This is, boy, uh, tale as old as time, you know? Yeah. Even the beast. Like, this is, this is an issue that's been around for so long. At least since the epoch of men not being expected to do anything. I don't think this is particular to cis-hetero relationships. I think the fact is there's usually somebody who is the, for whatever reason, the primary breadwinner, and they're a busy boy, and, like, they don't have to do the diaper stuff. They don't have to do this stuff. Well, increasingly in the last 40 years, we've woken up to this idea that, like, hey, this is our house. This is not his or her house. This right. is our house. Right. And we need to um, come to some kind of an arrangement that is realistic and can evolve about who's responsible for what and how we take care of this stuff. Because as much as we might buy a couple hundred dollars worth of flowers a few times a year, nothing says I love you quite as much as taking out the trash when you weren't asked. So how do you, how do you get to that? How do you discover what your jobs should be? And then how do you, how do you show your affection and respect for people in your life uh, by doing that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like what, like, like there really has to be, I think for, to have any real measure of success in this, there really does have to be a division of labor. It doesn't mean that you always do this one thing or the other person always does the other thing or the, Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think any kind of resentment that you feel if you're doing something is, is a sign that, there's something wrong, That's you know, a hundred percent true. Yes. What do you I think? Absolutely agree. I think, I think you're already nailing it. This reminds me of something we talked about kind of recently on uh, reconcilable differences of the rare issue that John and I agreed upon. I think he'll probably correct me if he hears this. Um, 
I think one of the most, like we've talked before about how crazy college is. Like if you yeah. go to college, for me, that started in 1986. What an abrupt change in your life that is because you're nominally there to get an education that will help you in life and career, et cetera. But it also represents so many um, new areas that you don't simply need to take care of, but like you need to fully take care of for the first time in your life. And, and you know, if you're an old man like me, you could easily forget that that includes, oh no, I, if I don't do the dishes, if somebody doesn't do the dishes every day, this is going to be really gross. Uh, you know, it's not a matter of like, I'm going to pop in and wash my favorite jeans. You got to wash your own clothes as well as reading all the Camus. You got to do all those things. There's all this stuff that is suddenly in your wheelhouse, certainly managing your own money for real for the first time. Nobody likes calling their parents to say, can I have a hundred dollars? Like it's not fun. So, I mean, and then alongside that, what else? If you're me and you're an only child, it's the first time in your life that you have a roommate or a housemate. Right. And I don't know about you, but like I've, I've had some very great roommates and housemates, but including people that I was in like relationships with, it is very difficult to take two or more lives and slam them together in this one house and expect everything to just work out. So my point being, Syracuse and I were just saying that that's one of the hardest transitions of young adulthood, I think, is getting used to the idea that like whatever your preferences and agency are in life, you are going to have to deal with other people and what their priorities right. and motivations right, are. Right, right. And it can be <clears throat> so challenging. I And I think that continues through life. You, you're, If you're sharing a home with somebody, whether that's for purely practical reasons or because the building of a house is what you desire in life, a household and a home, I think that is, I think there, it's something that's never simple or easy. And that, uh, I mean, in the best of circumstances, you get along with the people in your house and you can have discussions, but how many situations have you been in? I know I've been in a lot of situations where it was like a cold war all the time about replacing the toilet paper or about, you know, paying the kid for the lawn or like whatever it is. So what do you learn to do? You learn to have a division of labor. You learn to cut things into two, into usually halves or thirds or whatever your household situation is. But you've got to have some fairly strict rules and guidelines for living with somebody who's a partial stranger to you. And that, and that doesn't go away when you're living with somebody that you love mm -hmm. and that you're having an intentional relationship with. It does not go away. In fact, uh, a thousand flowers bloom because now guess what? You're responsible for a whole lot more. Now guess what? You're also responsible for thinking about the future and you're thinking you're responsible for figuring out what makes that person's life manageable and God willing happy. So anyway, just to make that transition, I think it's jarring to have to live with somebody else. And then it's very, it's no less jarring to be with somebody uh, that you're in a romantic relationship with, even long-term. Mm -hmm. It's ah, hard. I totally agree. you ain't going to agree on everything. Not everybody's going to want the Himalayan salt lamp here. Like, <laughs> don't you find? Not not you, but I mean one. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's and you know, people say, oh, it's about compromise, but that's like, that's like a cop-out almost to say that, oh, it's about compromise. I mean, it's more than that. And like, a lot of people, I don't think, automatically just fall into some kind of thing that is just going to work for them. You have to like create the system. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you, you have to think about it. You have to come up with it. You have to say, these are kind of, these are the things I like doing. And these are the things I don't mind doing. And these are the things that I, I hate doing. And hopefully yes. your partner's responses are not exactly the same as yours because 
if they are, then there'll be some things that nobody ever wants to do, you know? Right. And you're, you're, you're getting to the, the, the part that's difficult at the middle of this. And I don't, as again, I don't think this has to be a gendered thing, but I think when you're, when you start operating at anything above the lowest level in a relationship, it becomes incumbent upon both people to learn what somebody is really saying when they say something and to learn, you know, to listen to like, not just their words and their emotion in that moment to like, what is it they're really talking about? Not to like, certainly not to diminish it, but to say like, oh, when you, when you tell me it's important that you put the forks away or that you risk not put stuff in this area where my um, study or work area is, you're asking, you're really talking about something more than items in a room. Like in that instance, and that, which is pretty straightforward, like if you can't pick that up, wow, you know, you're going to have a long, hard road. But what they're saying is, I need respect. I need agency. I need boundaries. I need consistency. And in order to be a whole person, I need your help in making this a home that we can both be happy with. Right. So what did I say? I had a couple things. I mean, this is like, if you just need some hot tips, here's two hot tips. One that I think pretty much everybody talks about, this is a famous McElroy brothers thing. Do way more than half in a relationship. If it's two people, even if you're not really doing half, always strive to do 75% of the work. Believe me, you won't, especially if you're me, the other person will always end up doing more, but strive to do more than half. Like don't do half the dishes, do all the dishes and dry them and put them away. Right. I think just as a, like a high level pattern, think about what you can do um, that's more than the absolute minimum that you could do. The other one is I gave her that anecdote. Um, And again, this is a big pattern. This is not a specific tip, but a big pattern. I remember going to this class when my wife was very pregnant and talking about um, basically just the skills you're going to need, physical, mental, emotional, all the skills you're going to need to have a baby around the house, a brand new baby. And like, what it's, what it's going to mean for your sleep, what it's going to mean for your habits. And there's one thing, her name was Molly and she was amazing. And what she said to us was, um, a huge influence on me, which was this, never ask your wife if she wants to or the pregnant lady, never ask that person if they want a glass of water, just bring her a glass of water because everybody wants a glass of water. There's nobody who doesn't want a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to somebody and say, Hey, you want a glass of water? It's like, why aren't you just bringing them the water? They could say, I don't want the water. Is this about water? No, no, this is not about water. This is about anticipating someone's needs and being like the home butler in a way or the relationship butler where you go in and you take care of stuff before they need to ask you about it and you do a nice thing without expecting anything for it. Again, big pattern. But if you can think about that greater than 50% and the anticipating what someone needs to feel healthy, whole, and secure in their house. I think that those are big patterns before you get way down in the weeds. And I like, I like that advice. That's good advice. Thank you. It's like a classic episode already. Mm-hmm. As far as the specifics, um, and this is a topic that comes up so much on reconcilable differences because we're always aggrieved about people putting stuff in our space, too much shampoo on the railing and the shower, like whatever it is, like John and I are always mad about somebody doing it wrong. But um, I do, I do think there's a couple ways. I mean, first of all, you need to have the conversation about certain kinds of things. Like if you haven't figured it out already, somebody has a very strong opinion about all the trivial stuff. Mm-hmm. Each of you, some, it could be you both happen to agree because you're correct that the toilet paper should come over the top and, and, and go down. Right. Right. It shouldn't go over the back like a monster from Canada. Right. Right. Um, you may agree on that. You may agree on uh, all the toothpaste issues, but you know, there's all kinds of stuff you're going to need to pick up. 
like? Does one of you, here's one, like there's a classic of like, oh, is it okay to just chug milk out of the jug? Like that might really bother the other person when they see it. And you should learn that. But stuff like if you take a sip of water from a glass, does that glass go in the dishwasher or do you just kind of rinse it out and put it back? Because I'll bet you there's a pretty good chance your feeling and the feeling of the person you live with on that could be real different. That's very in the weeds. Are you speaking from personal experience? Actually, I'm not. That's not one. There are others like that. As we've talked about on Rective, stuff like which utensils go in which container of the drawer. Mm. Uh, One that I'm so ashamed I think about every day. If you get grocery bags and then you're accumulating them, in our case, in a box, it's very important to me that when you fold the grocery bag, collapse it so that it's got a flap, the flap always faces toward the back because this is the only sane way to do it. Otherwise, you will lose your mind in, in the chaos of the bag going all cattywampus. You try to put a bag in there. Guess what? Now you're thinking about bags, right? That right. kind of thing. Right. And I've, I, you know, I, 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 that bothers me more than I should let bother me. But it's even more important to me to not make a big deal about it because I can just fix it and make it the way I want. But those are the kinds of things. Now, imagine your entire house. In many cases, your entire tiny house where you live together. And I think, you know, so, so first principles, Clarice, I think you do need to talk about divisions of labor. And sometimes that can begin, if you're in a very young relationship, that can begin with something you brought up, which is, um, what do you hate doing that I might not hate or even enjoy doing? Right. And almost as importantly, not quite as importantly, almost as importantly, what are the things around the house that only you are allowed to do? Mm. Because I think it's sometimes difficult to realize, and I'm not talking about like doing the dishes or loading the dishwasher. Loading the dishwasher could very much be something where one person demands to be the person that does it because they care more and do it better or whatever. Be careful that you're not doing that guy thing. Be careful that you're not doing the guy thing where you do it crappy so they don't ask you to do it anymore. But here's why I say this, because you may be surprised. There are some things like around the house. Okay. Like I've got a bunch of dumb stuff that I need to do that I don't mind doing. Some of it's stuff like, um, it's very important to my wife that the garbage and the compost go out, but it's my job to take it out. Mm-hmm. So even though she's the one that has the strongest feeling about that, that's my job. If there's garbage there and I, and I haven't taken it out, that's on me. But it's also that like my kid is really like most kids really easily grossed out. I'm happy to be the person who takes out the compost. I'm happy to be the person who picks up the cat poop almost every day or who catches the spider and releases it outside. I absolutely don't mind doing those things. And I mind it even less knowing that nobody else wants that job. That's the kind of job where like, not they're all, they ain't all going to be like this. Right. Balancing the checkbook is not fun. Like some, but, but maybe somebody's better than that than the other person. But you can have a frank discussion about that. And that will also then, let's get to the hard part, that starts to reveal the things that both of you despise doing. So who's going to do that? And now you need to have some conversations. But, you know, but I'm just saying like to get to the, to the basic stuff, you know, I mean, I guess the, the overall giant pattern also is just like, can you have an open door policy for discussing this? Relationships and homes are not that different from companies. What we don't talk about ends up defining the culture of the company or the That's home. Interesting. What is the elephant in the room that we, it's like, you know, like they say, when people stop talking about nuclear wars, when you need to worry. And, uh, and I think in a household, like what kind of stuff is off limits, you know? Um, so anyway, that's, these are not particularly insightful, but I feel like if you're going to approach this from a practical standpoint, you can come up with a bunch of stuff. You can make a chore wheel. Let's say you're even the person who's like, okay, me and my five roommates, I've made a chore wheel and here's what you guys are going to do. Whoa, you should have invited me to a we earlier meeting. 
Before we even get to whether I want a chore wheel in my life, let's talk about what five tasks you've decided are important enough for other people to do. Like, I never got a vote in that. And now you've made a chore wheel and I'm getting, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're having those kinds of relationships, it's, you need to understand the conceptual uh, kind of uh, scaffolding stuff about like what kind of support structure is needed, but not exceed your mandate or your, your purview by going out and making a bunch of rules for somebody else. Mm -hmm. You just got to have the conversations about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't go on too long about this, but I mean, if you start out with a good heart about this and start out with the idea that I'd like, what is the, what is the useful definition of love? The definition of love that I had for at least 20 some years of my life was, uh, basically I'm infatuated with this person and they better like me. That's not a really great definition of love. A, a better, softer definition of love is I care more about this person's welfare than my own. And that's a, that's a big ask as yeah, they say. Once, that's... But, but try applying that in your house. Like yeah. I care more about this person being happy than me being happy. And, and I can keep a lot of peace and forestall a lot of unnecessary uh, buildups. Cause you get that thing where you build up a bad feeling about something and you, now you're mad. And then it comes out at the oddest time because you keep doing that thing that you know that I hate. You never told me that you hate that or blah, blah, blah. I thought you liked it when I threw my socks on the floor. No, I don't like it when you throw your socks on the floor. And by the way, who's going to help with the laundry? And like, <sighs> don't be a dick. Have these conversations. Dan, please say something. I've talked too long. Well, I like what you said. I agree with it completely. A great, great advice. The the one thing I'll add is if you ever in that situation where you're feeling like, oh man, you know, I have to do this thing because she's doing that thing and I have to do this other thing. I don't really want to do it. And the way she put that thing away, wasn't like exactly the way I would do it. Think for a second that if you lived alone, you'd have to do all of it. And mm -hmm. maybe it would be exactly the way you, you wanted it to be, but there wouldn't you, be anyone also when to you help live you. Alone, you can choose to ignore the things that you don't care about until it's basically untenable. <laughs> That's right. I know a lot of single people who's, you know, mm -hmm. just they do dishes once a week and they just let it pile up the whole week in their uh, in the, in their sink because they can, because no one says anything. So that's a, a no, maybe look at, a, look at this latest season of queer eye. There's one instance of that. that's like, Whoa, that really takes me back to my twenties and thirties. Like the like teeming sink full of dishes. I, I've got one that's a little bit of a tightrope walk. I like what you said. I, this is a little bit of a tightrope walk because this can go terribly, terribly wrong. And I'm prepared to be wrong about this myself. But, um, I think in life, part of this is my own trying to improve my cognition about how I feel about the world and how mm -hmm. I let the world make me feel. Um, but I think it can be a little bit, I think it can be a little bit rough to always ask yourself about, to start with how something turned out or like how you got mad or how this is out of place. And sometimes, this is a tightrope walk, ask yourself about the other person's motivation or lack of motivation. You know, it's sort of like they say whenever people are trying to sound smart about an investigation, they say that Latin phrase for who benefits from this. Well, this person did this following thing. Is there a chance that they did that really just to make me mad? Boy, I really hope that you can find a place in life where you say they probably did not do that specifically to make me mad. Unless that was an overt passive aggressive move, in which case we should talk about this. They were probably busy mm -hmm. or they were distracted. But like learn to like start excising that from your personality the idea that people are doing stuff on purpose to make you mad and you will be such a happier healthier person and this is why i say it's a tightrope walk ask yourself about their motivation you may sometimes be able to guess their motivation but if you don't understand their motivation 
you might want to ask about their motivation. This may not be a simple conversation, but when you learn what, why it is that someone is doing what they're doing or not doing what they're not doing, mm-hmm. you can learn a lot about how to improve the situation. And again, you get back to this core thing of what are the things each of us maybe differently care about. And that doesn't necessarily mean toilet paper and toothpaste. It could also be that, I mean, I can speculate here, I don't really have the time that I need to get ready in the morning. And so that makes it really hard for me to like get things back to the situation you'd like it to be because I got to get out of here to be at work on time. Or it could be something of like one person is an early riser and the other person is a stay up late person. And then that leads to these situations. And there's not a crew of McDonald's teens that are going to come in and clean the kitchen every night unless someone takes care of it. And maybe somebody is getting a little bit, this is speculation because we are pretty good about this. I try to like leave the place like I found it by the time I go to bed real hard. But like it could be imagine a situation, especially when you're younger, where one person stays up a little bit later and then what? There's some uh, there's some queso and chips out and uh, two Miller Lite bottles and the other person wakes up to that in the morning, which feels like a giant F you. And that, that's a point where you can talk about needs and motivation in a way that I think is really healthy. It's like, you know, when you do that, it's, you sort of do like a little therapy session. You know, like when you do that, it feels like an FU to me because you know I'm going to wake up in the morning and now I can either clean up your mess from last night or I can get ready for work like a grown up. And I, it's difficult for me to do both. And now I'm mad about it. And I'm telling you. Right. 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 Other specifics. Um, I mean, gosh, this, the, like the, the build up Marie Kondo, build up Marie Kondo. All I can say for things like getting rid of stuff, this is, I'm a broken record for this. Get some contractor bags, like get some contractor bags and, and a little bit of will. Because like, even if you just start with, these are clothes I'm never going to wear again. And I should donate, donate. Like that could be so great. My wife did the nicest thing this weekend, actually. Um, she cleaned out our closet and mostly, you know, she's got more clothes than I do. Cause obviously I dress like a hobo that lives in the woods, but she, um, she cleaned out the entire like closet area, two giant boxes of hangers. And now everybody's clothes fit better. And I was incredibly grateful to her. I don't care that much about the closet, but she made it better for her. She made it better for me. And now when I walk in there, I feel good instead of just slightly anxious. And I told her, I like told her how grateful and I, how thoughtful I thought that that was, even though it does benefit both of us. Right. Like, thanks for doing that. Like, that was really cool. I noticed that you did something nice for both of us. That was really cool. Any other tips? We really love a calmer space. I'll come back to the book about this that I always recommend, which is It's All Too Much by Peter Walsh. And the thing, if I had to kind of eyeball the the huge difference between a Marie Kondo sort of approach and a Peter Walsh sort of approach, the book It's All Too Much. I mean, the thing that's frustrating, at least about the TV show version of Marie Kondo, is that to me, she doesn't get to the deeper levels of how it got this way. Like, I like the idea of throw everything away. But I'm not sure the joy, once you get kids anyway, I'm not sure the joy thing is the best way to do it. The Peter Walsh approach, which I think is much more practical, it it gets you to the tactical level of getting rid of your junk by first addressing the psychological hangups that led you to have and keep that junk, which I think is so important. If you don't really explore and interrogate how you got that way, it's I don't see how you get better at that. The other part of the book that a lot of people skip over because it's not the specific tips and tricks. I mean, this is a, any good, you know, whether it's getting things done or it's all too much or bird by bird or whatever it is, people tend to want the tips and tricks and not like the bigger planning thing. Right. What Peter Walsh says is if you go through your house right now, and, and this goes to listener of the Sophie at all, you go through your house right now, think about how you would like to use that space in the house. 
And let's be real fruitcakes for a minute. Uh, can you imagine a future where you use that space differently and you're a happy person? In the future, uh, when you're a happier person, using that, utilizing that space in the way that makes you both happy, what does that look like? Is it, and it doesn't have to be like, just is the furniture moved around or did we get new curtains? Like, how would you like to use that area? In the case of a lot of parents out there, has your entire house turned into your kid's room? Have you lost any sense of like, not even privacy, but just like space to just like have a relationship together because every room is their playroom, especially with multiple kids. That Peter Walsh says, I think very intelligently, make a plan. Like get a piece of paper, write down how you want to use that space and how you imagine using it. So what I'm saying to a listener to Sophie and her partner is think about how you would prefer to be using those areas of the house and see if that doesn't motivate you a little bit. Because now you're not talking about like, you know, what joy is sparked by a sock. You're talking at a much more, to me, a much more practical level of like, how do I mostly get rid of stuff? to make this the house that I would like it to be? And is there a core between my partner and me about why that's valuable and what we'll do to support that over the small, in the near and medium term? Right. So I recommend that book. I recommend It's All Too Much. Once again, he's a TV guy from Australia, but he wrote a real good book that uh, I, I think in the same way that there will, to me, there will never be a better book to me about work probably than getting things done. I don't, I, I, I have not yet found a better book about improving your physical space than uh, It's All Too Much. Because both turn upon having a practical system for implementation that is based on much deeper psychological issues that you need to get straightened out before you need to start worrying about how it's going to be implemented. Drove me crazy on Queer Eye. One of the Queer Eyes, uh, we watched the entire third season. There's one where like the, the guy with the beard who does the interior design stuff, he, his first thing is taking this guy to the container store. And it's like, oh no. Like, Why is uh, that bad? Just, you know, day one, 43 folders, never organize anything you should throw away. Mm. It makes no sense to organize things. So, you so, so you're saying step one should have been go through everything, figure out what you don't need, and then organize what's left. It's close to step one. I mean, there are other steps that involve getting your mind right. But once your mind is right and you go, I can't tolerate another day of all of this stuff. If your mind is right, a trip to the con- container store should make you very uncomfortable. If your mind is right, your first thought should be, oh my God, I can't, like to me, that would be like keeping food scraps. Like imagine going out and buying $8 boxes to put old food in. It's like, well, no, why would you do that? Just get rid of that stuff. You, you've got to like pare down. How would you even know what to organize? How could you even find patterns amongst your physical objects, if your, your collections, if you like? How could you even know what you need to organize if you haven't filtered through and gotten rid of all the junk, it's just, it's completely mental to me. I, I love the program, especially the one with the, um, the two sisters at the barbecue place, the last episode, highly recommend it. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, everybody should do the thing they want to do and need to do usual disclaimer. It's just that in the case of uh, speaking to our friend, the Sophie here, I, I think these are practical steps and encourage some very positive, um, productive conversations you can have with somebody about the life that you'd like to have together. And then, you know, baby steps. You know, it all, it all starts with grabbing one bag, putting some stuff in it and getting it out of the house. There you go. Like, and just as far to the power puttering, specifically power puttering angle, like what have you said to yourself? I'm going to make 15 minutes today to do what I used to call a dash. I think this has been supplanted by the idea of what's called a Pomodoro. Um, if you're going to do what I call a procrastination dash, what if you found or created 15 minutes where you played a little game with yourself, which is 
I may not be able to grab every piece of cardboard that should not be in this house, because this is one she specifically mentioned. It's relevant to us too. What if you play a little game where you said in 15 minutes, I see how much cardboard I can locate, break down, and put into one dedicated area for removal? 15 minutes. Like, what would that do? Because it might blow your mind. It could be just pretty great that you've, in that 15 minutes, you've taken a real chunk out of it. You've begun to power putter. You've started out with a certain kind of direction, but now you've also discovered things about how you'd like the house and your life to be. And that all starts with 15 minutes of removing cardboard title. (laughs) Helped a lot of people. Yes. You good with that? Yes. 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 Just making a note of your title. hey All right, well, let's, uh, we say we button this up. I like that idea. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Marlon, man.